Loss helps us define our lives. By allowing our grief to matter, we discover our own strengths and embrace our authentic selves. Welcome to Good Grief with your host, Cheryl Jones. Get ready to be inspired, to create a deeper life, to make your time on Earth much more meaningful. Now, here is Cheryl Jones. Hello, I'm Cheryl Jones, and I want to welcome you to Good Grief, where we talk each week about the transformations that can come from loss. Today I'm talking with Bill Phillips. Bill is a psychic medium and the author of Expect the Unexpected. He's known for being one of the world's youngest psychic mediums. He's appeared on the Dr. Phil show and has helped countless individuals deal with the grief of losing loved ones by bringing through validations, evidential information, and beautiful messages, which heal and bring a sense of peace. Welcome, Bill. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy to have you, and I and I appreciated your book. It, it um, kind of I, when when a book is good, it makes me cons- reconsider certain things that have happened in my life in a new light, and that certainly happened reading your book. So thanks for that. Oh wow! Thank you so much. I I really appreciate that. That was the point of it. <laughs> <laughs> I could tell um, yeah. because the subtitle is "Bringing Peace, Healing, and Hope from the Other Side." Um, so what I, I guess I especially appreciated was, uh, that you kind of have a broader goal with your work of, um, helping people find, um, wellness, find peace, um, and, and therefore live more fully. Would that be, uh, fair to say? Yes, definitely. Uh, my goal, um, is to also just, open up people's minds and hearts to be able to sort of interpret the signs themselves um, without my help in that in that um, way. So really it comes down to um, me as the messenger, as the channel, just uh, by showing people this is real and authentic, then shows them in a way how to open themselves up to do it for themselves. And that's always been the goal with this. I, I like that a lot because mm-hmm. uh, what I notice as a grief counselor, a related but different field, <laughs> that, um, and we'll talk more about the relationship as we go forward, I'm sure, um, that many, many people that I, I work with in grief are having um, experiences like what you describe of um, knowing that a certain thing that happens relates to the person they've lost or um, feeling as if they have some sense of connection, but they're very embarrassed to share that in some way, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, as if it makes them kind of crazy or strange, but actually it's so common. Oh, yes, it absolutely is. More so, um, well, it's always been there, but I think thanks to, in many ways, um, pop culture, the media, um, all these um, new people emerging, um, it really has sort of taken away the, um, the, you know, the negative stigma that you hear when you hear the word psychic or medium. So it really has opened the minds of people all across the world. And that is um, just a true testament to the evolution of of the world as we are right now. Well, the other thing that interested me right off the bat in your book is that you had some of those same 
uh, feelings about it yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I wondered if you'd talk about how you became aware that this was something you were able to do and uh, what kind of process, you know, y- your your bio says, um, you know, one of the youngest, which means you kind of had to accept something unusual about yourself, at least mm-hmm. one thing unusual about yourself early on in your life. And yeah. I, I was very curious what you think made that possible for you, you know, what uh what steps it took to accept this sort of unexpected um, experience? Yes. And first I want to point out that I, uh, <laughs> I may not be one of the world's youngest at this point, but um, you know, a couple of years ago, that was the case. The bio <laughs> hasn't been updated, um, but I, but you know, compared to many other people out there, um, I always say that there's always usually some kind of trauma that happens in our life that that provides us this awakening that there's more to just the, our physical world. And for me, that happened at an accelerated rate when I was very young. And I was, um, uh, you know, fortunately, unfortunately, I had a very traumatic childhood where I was being, um, you know, um, sort of like just taken back and forth between my parents who both had their own issues with addiction um, and very long story short, it's all in the book. But what happened was, um, my mom, I, I was kidnapped by my mom when I was six years old, taken across the country to New York, um, for three years where I was really just kind of hoping and praying for, you know, my next meal, my, um, my sanity really, and just my protection, where home was, those things were not consistent for me. So flash forward three years, I was taken back to California because my mom um, wasn't able to provide the type of support that she wanted to. And um, flash forward six years, because I wasn't allowed to see her for that amount of time, I was able to see her on her deathbed. Um, Six years later, I was 14 years old. And of course, that was very traumatic, very devastating for, for a child to go through. Uh, well, two nights later, I woke up to her basically telling me that she was going to help me and that it was all going to be okay. Um, and that's when that shift of awareness took place for me. Even though I had always, you know, as a child, you know, uh, three, four, five, seen things that were in my mind unusual, um, it, it was really at that point that this opened up for me in a in a big way. And so then you're 14, um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of tension in your world, I'm sure, around, um, you know, even uh, there there was a short story, I'm sure was a longer story about how you even got your father to allow you to go. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Because um, if you'd been kidnapped, I know that creates such a, uh, you know, fierce... uh, boundary around not not uh, making that a possibility again perhaps or right um, yeah and so mm-hmm. you somehow convinced him though yeah well, I did well I did and my his mother my grandmother who's still with us she was the one that really took me in when I came back from New York because um, my father wasn't really in the best position either to be that parent for me and so it, it did take some convincing um and after um after some time of words being exchanged from both of them, I was on a plane back to New York. So I was very grateful for that. 
I can imagine, and also that takes um, giving you a lot of credit as a 14-year-old to navigate that journey by yourself and um, to give you the permission to um, to go uh, without some adult to, you know, make sure oh, you were. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So. And, you know, there was many other times, too, where the things that I was going through even before that time, I look back on it now and go, oh my gosh, how did I live those experiences? And really what it came down to in hindsight was just realizing that I was being surrounded by this invisible energy, by by spirit. And um, at that time, what it felt like to me was really just a force field of love surrounding me. That's really what it felt like. I, mm. I, I, I couldn't put it into words as a child, um, but I felt like just a warm hug surrounding me, basically, when I was, you know, going from place to place or seeing what I saw. And that's what always got me through all of those moments. And it was so amazing in hindsight as an adult to really look back and put everything into motion and go, yes, that that was the same feeling. That's the same energy that I connect with now to help other people. And so then I'm guessing you didn't start, you know, doing this for other people at 14. (laughs) Um, No, I did not. And I also imagine that, um, you know, I've, I've had quite a number of really significant losses in my life and I and I have a sense of continued relationship and connection with the people I've lost nonetheless I lost their physical presence a huge loss mm-hmm. um, that I definitely grieved in a big way in all those cases and so I I'm I'm um, kind of projecting on you that still there must have been quite a grief to have missed all that time with your mom and then to have her die and maybe to not have the people around you be that open to whatever you might have felt about that given the given the circumstances. How did that all that go for you? Oh, definitely, and and I I can say with complete um, humility now is even though I have this ability this gift. Um, you know, losing somebody, the the physical element of that never leaves us. There's always going to be some element of a little hole in our heart from that memory, from that physical connection with the person. But what we gain um, from the the connection to their spirit, in, in in my opinion, is priceless because it really does show us that they're able to open doors for us that we could never even see possible. So um, for me, um, it, you know, it was very challenging. It was also challenging having or being brought up by my grandmother, who um, is a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. So her belief system completely, you know, went against what I was experiencing. And therefore, you know, I was just a complete mess. I didn't know what to make of myself. I thought I was going crazy. You know, the list mm. goes on. But, um, you know, three years later, after that point, when I really when I really um, accepted this as not just a fragment of my imagination, but a true, genuine vessel, um, that's when I started to see the evidence that that sort of backed it up, that allowed me um, uh, just the opportunity and confidence to keep trusting it and to keep using it to help other people with. So yes, it was very, it was not roses. You know, this was a very um, difficult time. 
and it and at times you know the the wave of that emotion can come back because you know just on a cellular level we we can always go back to that level uh to that area but i am so grateful looking back that i went through that because i really do feel like it was in many ways um training me to understand and to have empathy for people that go through this every day well that is something i would consider you know very very meaningful about your experience that you're you kind of know the grief from the inside out and the connection mm-hmm. from the inside out and i can imagine that that resonates with people when you're working with them but yes. you you brought up something that's very curious curious and interesting to me and and we may not get finished with it before the break which is in a few minutes but um i'm i'm a little bit perplexed. So my parents were very strong Christians uh, in another tradition, but but very strong. And mm-hmm. so I, my dad was a minister. So mm-hmm. you know, I I was raised with a lot of um, information about that way of looking at the world. And and maybe the thing that stands out the most about it is that we outlive our bodies. The, the, right you know, that there is something beyond this world. Uh-huh. And yet, you, a person who is connecting with that reality, um, your grandmother can't accept that <laughs> that that's true for you. And uh-huh. that seems perplexing to me. Does it to you? That um, the people whose, <laughs> whose belief system most says there's more than this uh-huh. also don't, um, yes, it, it is. It, it is. Um, it's something that I, for a while, struggled with, and I, you know, it, it pushed every button with inside of me because I wanted to really show her my 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 view of things. But um, I learned, you know, just to sort of don't ask, don't tell, send love. <laughs> that was really going to be. <laughs> That was going to be the only way that we were going to be able to to sustain a loving and meaningful relationship. Because ultimately, what it comes down to is love, and we all know that. But for, for yes, I, I was, and and I still am. But I know, though, I have complete trust and faith, and I know that when her time does come to go over there, that it'll all make she'll understand it much more so than she does right now. Um, and I so think she just sort of anyone. she she just sort of as long as you don't. Uh, talk about it too much. She just oh. sort of loves you and accepts that you have real different viewpoints on this, huh? Well, yes, you know, and it's one thing before when I wasn't public with it, but once it was public and it was kind of, you know, she couldn't quite hide from it. Uh, you know, she would call me and tell me that, you know, she heard me on this or she saw me on that, you know, and and she did, she sounded like she was proud, but, but then it always t- took a turn to, you know, her belief system in which I re- would always reply, well, I appreciate, you know, your opinions about this and I love you anyways, but this is, this is who I am. And, you know, basically I take it or leave it type of, of way of, of letting her know that I'm not going to not do this because you don't agree with it fully, you know, to, to each their own. <laughs> to each their own. And sometimes <laughs> certain ways of being different, uh, I know from my experience are, um, take more courage than others. And I would imagine this is one that takes, takes some courage to, um, (laughs) you know, to kind of um, say, well, this is who I am and this is who I'm going to be. Um, Mm -hmm. 
We're getting close to our break, and when we get back, I want to talk about opera because okay. um, I sing. I I'm oh. in a in a very wonderful choir, and mm-hmm. um, I was very interested in how those two might intersect the music and and the. Um, psychic medium part of your life so when Mm -hmm. we get back let's talk about that okay and and listeners you'll find links to my website social media at the good grief page at voice america and to find bill phillips you can go online www.billphillips.com and that is with uh one l and two p's in phillips be back soon Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back. This is your host, Cheryl Jones, and I've been talking with Bill Phillips, author of Expect the Unexpected. And uh, Bill's a psychic medium, so we're talking about that um, practice and, and how it intersects with grief. And, and Bill, before the break... Uh, I was saying I'd really like to talk about music because um, that's the way that that I most make connection with things beyond here. And I happen Uh to sing gospel music. So there are times we also sing spirituals in my choir. There Uh are times when we'll be singing and and we even talk about it and we're just um, surrounded by spirits. 
Uh, it's it's really undeniable, even if you don't believe in that. <laughs> I uh-huh. mean, you'd call it something else, but uh, especially some of the more um, intense uh, spirituals that we do that have to do with uh, people coming out of slavery and um, I, j- I just feel like our choir, you know, triples or something when we're singing those songs sometimes. And yeah. so I wondered how you uh, might connect your work as a uh, psychic medium with your training. I know you trained as an opera singer. I know the place where you train because it's where near where I live. Mm-hmm. Um, are those things connected in your mind? Yes. They have both those talents? <laughs> Absolutely. And I really do believe they go hand in hand. And it's really interesting because I, I, I found out, I realized later later down the road that a lot of me, uh, mediums have a background either in music or some type of vocal performance. And uh, I and it totally made sense to me as to why. Um, so, you know, when you think of music, you think of vibration and when it comes to us physically as the medium connecting with spirit, uh, you know, some things are going on behind the scenes. You know, we are, uh, in essence, raising our awareness. We're raising our energy, our vibration to match to match where they're at to the best of our ability to make that fine line and that fine connection. Um, so for me, uh, what I really learned through my um, time at the Conservatory of Music was uh, how how vibration works and also how that vibration can therefore lift my energy, can sort of raise my vibration to where um, to where spirit lives, to where spirit resides. And um, once I made that correlation, it sort of became instantaneous of just um, not having like a five minute you know prep beforehand, but just really knowing, energetically where to place myself in my mind to get there and Mm. um so that really so so music and and the vibration of music is really what helped me but also um you know um talking about the clairs which um for those that that don't know about uh, clairs it's basically just a sense that goes beyond our physical sense and um a lot of singers are are very clear audience so whether they know it or not they are hearing things that go beyond their their human ear. And for me, that's what I learned first and foremost was that enhanced almost, you know, overnight when I when I understood the the connection to it. And so um, being being in at, you know immersed with music and um, in that environment sort of in many ways opened me up like completely to the, to the other side. And I remember um, one time, one of my voice teachers, who I'm still in um, contact with now, I remember her telling me before a performance, she said, Bill, take these words with you. Um, And it was relax and trust. Oh, sorry. It was trust and open your mouth. Sorry. Trust and open your mouth. And um, though that that has stuck with me for so many years because Mm. it's the same thing when I am channeling. Um, it's, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. I have to breathe and trust and just sort of know that what's going to happen is going to be for the highest good. And whether you are an, a singer, 
a musician or a medium, it really is using the same energy. Well, also, I was I was smiling to myself during that part of the book, and I, I want you to share a little bit of it um, <laughs> in a minute, because, um, you know, I, I know people who kind of uh, don't feel brave enough for their true calling, and then they go get an MBA or something. <laughs> you <Yes>. know? <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. But you did something else that was quite out of the box. Uh, uh, yes. But because you thought, well, I can't, I can't have a career as a psychic medium, so I'll go study opera. <laughs> you know, I was yes. enjoying. Um, <laughs> even studying opera was traditional compared to that. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and you know, especially back at the turn of the century, you know, two thousand and two or three, around that time, um, this was not as mainstream as it is now. So. It took a lot more courage back then than I think it would have taken now, you know, for that for that to happen. But um, yeah, it was <laughs> it was very interesting. I I was so afraid, and also, you know, I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty in that age range. I really was not um, in my own skin yet, you know. I was still learning who I was, and I was so afraid of people really judging me really and just judging something that they didn't know um about fully and i um i i knew i had to at at least give this a shot because i i just i I trusted myself i trusted my intuition and i knew that i was being guided for a larger purpose even though people around me that were in that realm of psychic psychic mediums would tell me Oh, you're not going to do that. You know, you're going to go there. You're going to do it, and then you know, you will be known for doing um, mediumship. And I was like, oh my gosh, don't <laughs> please don't, don't say that. Don't make it be so that. <laughs> yes, I was like, you can't. That, 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 that can't be true. I can't be true. So I always talk about when I do a, um, a an event somewhere or an interview. I always talk about when I came out of the closet. I came out of the closet twice because not you know I'm also gay. Um, and, and I'm a psychic. And so for my family, it was sort of like a double whammy of, um, especially in a Christian household of really breaking down the, that stereotype and and those barriers. So, um, it took, it was, it was a very, um, condensed year of growth and learning, uh, about just sort of owning who I was and, um, and trusting that I was being guided, um, for a larger purpose because spirit always, always showed me, always reminded me that if and when I chose this, they had my back. And, and it's always been the case since that time. So um, that's always been my validation. That's amazing. Was that the mm-hmm. same year, kind of coming to terms with your sexuality and your psychic mediumship? Um in terms of making it public, they weren't that far from each other. So that's amazing. With, yes, because mm-hmm. I um, I think a lot. You know, um, I ha- I I run cancer support groups, mm-hmm. so I noticed that when I I'm also a lesbian. Mm-hmm. I noticed that when I run groups that uh, have both heterosexual women and lesbian women in them, there's a difference a little bit. Now, this is subjective. I'm not a researcher. But it seems to me that the women who are gay have a a little bit easier time coming to terms with the change of identity. Oh, yes. Um, And that makes sense to me because we've had to do it, right? Mm -hmm. So it makes sense to me that it might be a little easier. You know, if you're going to be out of the box, then the question is, well, then who are you? 
And it sounds exactly. Like you mm-hmm. you asked that, that question. So let's let's hear a little bit from your book so that people can get a, a taste of that uh, that voice about sure. about opera school. <laughs> yes. So this is an excerpt from um, a part of my book where I'm talking about um, my experience at the conservatory and my my teacher at the time, Sylvia, um, who is still with us, and um, and. When I came out to her in that way as a medium, uh, she had told me she was looking for a medium. So it was definitely synchronistically, um, you know, guided by by spirit. And so I wanted to go through just a a page in here that um, sort of um, just spoke about that. Um, The second strategy was for her to teach me to sing spiritually. She coordinated all the different chakras, various energy points in the body, with the way I would sing. It taught me to visualize each chakra being opened as I sing a certain vowel sound. I know, you're probably thinking, chakra? It's very complicated and difficult to put into easy-to-understand terms. Even a glance at an online description of what it doesn't simplify it much. But what she did was correlate the way I sing with the energy inside me, going back to what I talked about earlier with regard to the vibration of the music opening up my connection with the spirit world. The third strategy, once we had built a strong relationship and trusted each other, was to gradually tell certain people about my gift. Not just anyone at the conservatory, but specific faculty she knew at other colleges and people in opera around the world, whom she knew would be open to my gift. And it worked. By the time I graduated from the conservatory in May of 2008, my primary clientele for readings had changed from friends back home to high-level opera people across the United States. For example... One was an opera singer from the East Coast. Her husband, a world-famous tenor, had passed away, and I was able to connect her with him multiple times. I told her that she would eventually, that she was eventually going to move to San Francisco and teach at the conservatory. She didn't see how it was possible. The only thing more difficult than getting into the conservatory as a student was getting in as a faculty member. But about six months later, After a faculty member was unexpectedly fired, she was contacted to fill the position and she accepted the job. So I think I'll stop there for that part. That's, um, that's you know, of course, your book is filled with with validation experiences where something Mm -hmm. that you saw or felt or I was very interested in all the different Claire's. I had no idea. I didn't I, I basically knew clairvoyance. But not, you know, sight, sound, gut feeling, uh, taste, smell, you know. Uh, anyway, yes. all of those those uh, validations that you talk about, um, that would be pretty powerful if you were her having that experience. Having ac- absol- And uh, uh, what I know, too, is that um, there are certain times when I've had a thought come to me <laughs> In terms, I've talked many times about how this radio show actually came to be, and mm-hmm. that was uh, a couple years of having in my mind, uh, my work needs a bigger audience. I need to take my work to a bigger audience. Right. That made me pay attention when someone offered me 
a radio show. Oh, yeah. I, Absolutely. I, mean, I, I would have ignored it otherwise, probably, mm-hmm. because it mm-hmm. certainly was not in my thinking. But those little um, clues, I almost felt them to be clues as, as I was reading your book. Is that how you experienced them? Yes. Look def- this way? Definitely. Yes. It really just goes down to becoming more aware. And uh, and it sounds simple, and it really is that simple. Um, it's not some major earth-shattering thing that, you know, that you would see in, in the media or pop culture or movies. It really is a very subtle shift of your awareness that takes place. And when you listen to the other voice or those feelings or even those thoughts that kind of come in randomly, that's really, um, that's something beyond yourself. That's your higher self connecting with spirit, giving you guidance so that you make the right decisions to follow your true purpose and not do that for your degree program to be a doctor or or whatever. You know, this is something that goes beyond um, logic and um, and therefore, that's always the that's always the biggest um, crutch and and the the biggest obstacle with anyone who is learning this is that they have to surrender and trust that it that we have no control over it. We can just be the listener to to the information, but we cannot control how it comes to us. So um, it's very it's very amazing, interesting, life changing when you allow your vision to go in that direction well i i just thought of a a really profound intersection there with Mm -hmm. what i've learned from interviewing so many people about grief for four Mm -hmm. years now which is that um many 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 people i've talked to describe how they used to uh uh before a really profound loss kind of go from the brain down like what should I do? Um, how do I make that happen? A very doing kind of mentality and a very mm-hmm. mental. And after profound loss, it's more like something comes up. Yes. Uh, uh, something is, you, you hear a whisper inside of yourself, which is a very different experience as far as I'm concerned. And I feel as if you're referring to that a bit. I absolutely am. And that's what I mean when I talk about um, the trauma providing the awakening. Um, for many people that um, that are gifted in, in this way, um, they, they have an experience through something earth-shattering to them, whether it be like a near-death experience, um, a car accident. For me, though, it, it was the physical death of someone connected to me. Um, and I think death in general um, is provides that gift, if you will, this blessing of just understanding that there is so much more to what we are experiencing um, every day of our lives. I want to come back to that after after the break because mm-hmm. there's also I find that people who just try to um, disown grief or you know mm-hmm. um, sometimes don't have that experience that it really mm-hmm. takes an openness so I want to know your thoughts on that when we come back okay. uh, it's time for our second break listeners and you can go to weatheringgrief.com or the good grief host page to find me please to communicate with me and uh, to find ben, Bill Phillips you can go to www.billphillips.com it's p-h-i-l-i-p-p-s And we'll be back after the break. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in every Tuesday for C. diff, spores, and more with hosts Nancy Kerala and Dr. Chandra Bali Ghosh. Our program is to provide information about C. diff, healthcare-associated infections, and more. Nancy is a C. diff survivor, healthcare professional, and the founder and executive director of the C. diff Foundation. And Dr. Ghosh is the chairperson of research and development for the C. diff Foundation. Together with their guests, we'll explore infection prevention, treatments, environmental safety, and more. Listen every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms, and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuzo to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. listening to Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. To reach Cheryl or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Cheryl Jones at weatheringgrief.com. Now, back to Good Grief. Welcome back to Good Grief. I'm here with Bill Phillips, a psychic medium who uses his gifts to bring peace and healing. And I was saying before the break, Bill, that um, sometimes it appears to me like uh, it's harder to hear those messages if you're warding off other things, for instance, grief. Uh-huh. And I, I wondered if if you had that sense, too. I, I uh, interviewed another uh, psychic medium who said that she wouldn't see someone very, very soon after a loss. Um, right. Because mm-hmm. she felt as if people were trying to bypass something. Uh, that mm-hmm. That's a very shorthand way to say what she said. But I wondered what you think about that and whether you think um, getting sort of access to our deeper information um is helped by actually allowing grief to unfold as well. Well, yeah, I definitely believe that it's a process, a two-way process. And uh, my philosophy with this is that it really also comes down to the soul who is trying to make contact or come through. Some some spirits can take, because, you know, keep in mind where spirit resides, there's no time like there is here in the physical world. So, um, for for some spirits, once they are out of the body, they are ready to mingle and they're ready to make to get their their point across. But if someone went in a different capacity or way, 
or or if they haven't been fully accepting of how they went, it can be a little bit longer of a process. And not only that, that's the first um, part of this. The second part of it is where we are physically in our grief. And so I definitely agree with what you said that, um, and I, I also have the same philosophy um, where I I would say gives you know give give someone anywhere between three to nine months to make that 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 process that connection but there really truly are no rules to this and mm-hmm. that's what I've learned through my years of um, of doing this is that um, you know I, I travel the country and I do a lot of large audience readings and a lot of times um, what happens is unbeknownst to me. There will be, you know, the son who was just killed last week on the bike come through for for his parents, um, you know, or it could be um, the mom that died when their when her daughter was born at birth, you know, thirty years ago. So it really just depends on the need um, between the living and spirit, and I always surrender that before I begin any type of of channeling that. Um, whoever comes through be for the best and highest good and also have the most emotional needs. So that's really what I found within, um, within my journey of, of, of being a channel is um, that there really is no, no rule book to how this works. And for every person that discovers it within themselves, um, whether it be that they've discovered their own gift or whether it be that they're just curious that um, it really comes from a place that's within. You cannot learn from someone else how to connect, although you can learn, um, you know, like you were saying earlier, the clairs and just the, the basic fundamentals and labels of it. But then really it comes down to you sort of putting that into sequence and, and, and programming that the best way that your soul knows how to, um, if that makes any sense. Well, it, it, yes, it does. And it also mm-hmm. speaks to something I noticed in the book, which is that um, you're trying to, as I would as I would say it, trying to be a clear channel for what spirits want to communicate. Yeah, that as much as you can, you're not you're just a good oh. channel, not a good not an interpreter, not a uh, not it. You you just become aware and share. <laughs> so yes, that exactly. means you. <laughs> so that means you're not entirely in charge. As I'm not. Not at all. No. In fact, I just got back yesterday from an event I did in Texas, and um, and I started off with with the audience with a woman who had lost her son just within less than three months beforehand. So. Um, so it really just depends on the need, and also it just depends on on how spirit. I feel very strongly spirit leads the, their living loved ones to the right messenger because there isn't one medium for all because we're all different, we're all programmed differently. But there is a medium for every person, though. And um, when we when we make when we take our our grief to the side. And just surrender. And if, if someone is hearing this now and is like, I really want to hear from my dad or I lost my daughter. I, I want to know that she's okay. I would encourage you to just surrender and make the intention known that you want to be guided to the right person that will be able to make that connection for you. Mm. 
good advice because yeah. there can be be sort of a, a desperate uh, look instead of just allowing uh, allowing things to unfold maybe at their yeah, own absolutely. at their absolutely. own pace. Mm-hmm. Um, would you share a little more from your book? Sure, absolutely. Um, let's see here. I'm going to talk. I'm going to read um, a part of chapter eight, which is psychics versus mediums. Um, because I really do, you know, there are a lot of misconceptions with this. So I'm going to read. I appreciate that. Of course. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, the biggest misunderstanding about psychic mediums is that we know everything or should know everything. Trust me. I've heard all the jokes. Why do I need to make an appointment with you? You should already know that I'm that that I'm coming. Ha ha. Yes. I get that one. Or jokes in the same vein all the time. They're old, but I roll with them. Here are three things everybody should keep in mind regarding psychic mediums. One, we are psychic mediums, not God. Two, God does not want us to know everything. Three, your free will can always trump anything we say. Some people think it would be cool to know everything before it happens. I think that would be devastating to the human race. I don't see how we would be able to psychologically function if we knew everything that was going to happen before it happened. We would all be worried about what we know is going to occur tomorrow, or even worse, how we are going to try to alter what we know is going to happen. Mm. Chaos would ensue. What would be the point of human existence if we knew everything? There would, be, there would be little or no joy in anything. There would be no spontaneity in, in our lives. Nothing in life would be a journey if we knew the end before we started. Psychic mediums also cannot know everything all the time because we cannot tap into our spiritual side all day and every day. I mentioned earlier that spirits reside at a very high level. They have to come down to me and I have to go up to them so we can meet somewhere in between and I can receive their messages. It's an exhausting process. They cannot stay down at that level and I cannot stay up at that level without having to recharge at some point. It's like being underwater. I can hold my breath only for so long before I need to re-energize. Take an Olympic gold medal swimmer, for example. She worked hard to be the best in the world, but I bet she would also agree that she was born with the gift that helped her accomplish what she accomplished. Even with that gift, though, she cannot swim all the time. What would happen if she tried to swim 24 hours a day, seven days a week? She'd eventually become a spirit. She couldn't uh, physically survive. Nobody can be tuned in to his or her gift all the time, no matter what it is. That that and that did stand out to me reading the book too because mm-hmm. um, I was I was thinking uh, I always process things through my own my own life my own lens um, <laughs> that what happens when people find out that I'm a counselor mm-hmm. strangers let's take strangers and they uh, they might run away because I might end up knowing too much about them or they might talk my ear off. Um, But meanwhile, I'm not being a counselor at that moment. Uh, Right, right. (laughs) You know, um, I don't mind it, but it is interesting how we we can be um, 
kind of honed down to our gift instead of all of who we are. You know, that's awesome. a little, uh, you, you can't be doing that all the time. You cannot. No, we are. <laughs> that's the part about, you know, we are human. We, we do have certain human limitations like, um, you know, we need sleep to, to survive, things along those lines. Um, and and that, that is very true. But when we think about ourselves being, you know, a spirit in a vessel, you know, it really does make that understanding about death a lot more easy to process. So for every every person, regardless of their belief system, just scientifically knowing that, you know, energy cannot be created or destroyed would show us that when we when we leave the physical body, our energy is still definitely present. And um, that is something that I hope everyone can take with them and understand is that doesn't matter what situation you're in, what you're going through, or how much loss you've had. I've read for numerous people that have lost their whole families and then some. And um, they usually are the most grateful people I've ever come across that understand just sort of like the laws of, of the universe and of, and of love. And um, that is a very beautiful thing. So um, for everyone that's lost someone, there's always a positive that comes from that situation. Well, before I let you go today, um, I, I this this is a little bit odd timing, but I don't want to let you go without talking about how it affects your relationships, um, because um, you know I I was just on the edge of that, uh-huh. uh, uh, because. While you can't be doing readings all the time, I'm sure you do have intuitions at a probably more accurate level, maybe, mm-hmm. than some people, because <laughs> because you've cultivated this, right? Yes, right. And mm-hmm. uh, you said we wouldn't want to know the future all the time. Totally agree with that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but do you find it any kind of a challenge to navigate um, your talents with your close relationships in your life? You know, it it was a challenge, I feel like, uh, maybe 10 years ago when I was still understanding the boundary between my personal world and my professional world. Um, But I I feel like I have sort of um, trusted it in a sense where I've been able to sort of, in many ways, cut cut the fat in a sense, or really just kind of only surround myself with people that I know have my highest and, and best good. And I, I, and I feel very blessed. Like I've been guided to the right, you know, uh, the right group. And, um, and my, my partner who I've been with for, for a while now, he always says, I have nothing to hide because he knows it anyways. So it's, it's one of those jokes that, that we talk about where um, he definitely honors my gift, my process. And, He's a very, um, you know, humble, truthful person that I've been very grateful to be blessed with. Um, but in the past, though, when I was with other people or other friends, um, I always had the intuitions about it. I didn't always want to believe them in the moment. But as time went on, though, they became very clear to me. So I, I've learned as a result to not let time go by, but to really trust it when it happens in the moment. 
and that's that's been the 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 biggest gift I could have ever given to myself on a work uh, private or professional level. Oh, that's interesting. So there's a way that you've you've used this um, uh, developed intuition in you. I'll call it that. That mm-hmm. that results in your psychic mediumship and your intuitions in general. Mm-hmm. Um, that you do have intuitions on an intimate level, and it's about learning to listen to them personally, not just when you're reading for other people. Absolutely, because I I was sort of um, I I I was sort of I, I I learned rather that when you do have this gift that you shouldn't really try to use it for yourself because, you know, your left brain can kick in, you might change, you might only see what you want to see type of thing. But I, I always know, though, um, I'm always given the, the, the nudge, so to speak, when something isn't right or when I should go left versus going right. And that's what I've been able to sort of not be afraid of trusting when it, when it presents itself to me. And that has been a very big gift besides the gift uh, in itself. I think that's a wonderful place to leave. I know that uh, you do do some um, intuition training for people to try to get more uh, directly in contact with their own intuitions, which, of course, would help my work if people (laughs) trusted their intuitions, (laughs) for sure. So I hope people will go go look you up and... and, um, Either, either to make contact with, um, you know, people on the other side, or to make contact with their own intuitions. Uh, I want to thank you very much for being here today, Bill. I thank you so much for having me. It's been a, a wonderful time, and I'm and I'm so happy to connect with someone who works in the same uh, field but just in a different capacity. So Absolutely, <laughs> me too. We'll keep each other in mind. Yes. And you can find Bill Phillips at www.billphillips.com. Next week, I'll have Katie Ortlip and Jonna Beecham to talk about their new book, Living with Dying, which is a guide to, for caregiving. This has been Good Grief with Cheryl Jones. I look forward to being with you again next week for another meaningful conversation. Thank you so much for joining us for Good Grief. Please come back next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Cheryl Jones, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a meaningful week. Abre mi corazón.